before we start this episode, this episode of The Locker Room is presented by bbchick.com. bbchick is a recruiting service made just for women's basketball players. Unlike other recruiting websites, this innovative hub offers an enchanting blend of affordability and unwavering support, empowering coaches to forge deep connections with talented players through their own personalized live profile. With access to over 2,000 coaches, bbchick can help you contact coaches through email and monitor each of their movements on your profile with their remarkable coach tracker. BB Chick is sure to benefit or kickstart your recruiting process. Use the link in the description to sign up for BB Chick to jumpstart your recruiting. With that being said, cue the intro music. up everybody welcome to another episode of the locker room podcast i'm your host whitelister today i'm with personal close friend of mine and hometown friend joe reamer said it right had to do it for the one time <laughs> thanks for having me on man dude of course anytime just joe briefly introduce yourself uh, i'm joe reamer i play defensive end at concordia college moorhead um, i'm a graduate of park city high school and originally from green bay wisconsin I've been a lot of places, done a lot of things, but yeah, uh, Joe's a day one friend of mine, one of the first guys I actually told about when I was starting the locker room, but let's just get right into it. Joe, how were you put on the football? I don't know. I mean, growing up in Green Bay, it's kind of just like built into you because you got the Packers right there. Like I grew up like 10, 15 minutes away from Lambeau, like the game would like you'd hear the flyover, like they'd fly over our house and I could walk outside and I could see the military jets. And I mean, that had a lot to do with it. And really at that age, like I know people our age, especially boys, we like idolized those guys. Like we looked up to them. And I just remember those days in like elementary school, going out to recess, playing football. Like I started early. I started playing flag in first grade. I was playing tackle by about fourth. So, I mean, it's just kind of always been a part of my life, and I just fell in love with it. I don't know what gravitated me towards it, but I just kind of fell in love with it. What was the football culture like in Green Bay? Um, Like, football culture, like, a lot of focus on the pro game. Lots of focus on the pro game, obviously because of the Packers. But, in general, football's just loved in that state. And it's really just got to do with the fact that Wisconsin is a sports state. They've got three major sports teams. They have the Wisconsin Badgers, which are good at men's basketball and football. And there's just a lot of focus on sports in that state. Mainly the big three, which is basketball, baseball, football. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. So did you ever have, like, after you started, did you have that sort of falling in love moment? Or was it just kind of a combination of playing and then following the Packers as much as you did growing up? Um, I don't, didn't really have that moment. It was more so I kind of just started to figure it out because I enjoyed flag football a lot, but obviously you can't play flag football your whole life. It's just not a thing. I mean, you technically yeah, can, but, but gonna not at an elite level. Exactly. And really, I started playing tackle. I struggled a lot, and then I just kind of started to figure it out. Everything started to click, and it just kind of built on its on itself and just compounded mm-hmm. like skill-wise. Right. So you're, I mean, you, you're a D end at Concordia. Were, were you always playing on the defensive side of the ball or were you, did you move around a lot before really settling in at D end? 
Um, I've tried a lot of different positions. I spent time as a tight end. I played a little bit of inside receiver due to our tight end flex formations. Played tackle. I think I played guard at one point. I can't remember off the top of my head. That was a long time ago. Um, I remember I took a practice rep at running back once. That was fun. <laughs> it was never, this in high school or was this? That was in middle school. I think it was like uh, fifth or sixth grade. Ne- never going to forget it. I don't get to touch the ball very much, but never going to forget it. Played linebacker for a little bit. Um, but yeah, mostly defense. Oh, wait. Yeah, there was a one time. It was like freshman year. There was like a two-point conversion. We were a man short. We didn't have a safety on. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going. I run on the field for this conversion. I'm lined up at safety. I have no idea what's going on. Like, I looked so out of place because I played D-end at that point. And I'm wearing, like, number, like, 57. It's just this dude wearing 57 playing, like, free safety. And it just looked so out of place. But, yeah, most of the time I've been playing defense. I tried offense. I just wasn't good at it. Just wasn't my thing. I think if I got into it a little bit later and I had better coaching when I was playing offense, it might have been different. But even then, defense just felt a lot more natural to me. I know off camera we kind of talked about this. You brought up the uh, the tight end story. <laughs> you wanna you wanna you wanna tell this really quick so people yeah. know why you play defense. Um. Well, yeah, this is a great story actually. <laughs> I was playing tight end. It was like eighth grade. Like it was my last game where I'd play in Wisconsin. Last game I'd play. Uh, in grade school. It was like eighth grade, lined up a tight end, and it's a red zone play. Red zone play action boot. And I was running a corner route. was supposed to sell the block and essentially run a corner route. And the way the play was designed was I'd end up wide open. Play was for me. I was like, well, shoot, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to score here. And I'm wide open back corner of the end zone. Quarterback throws it. Good throw. Perfectly fine. Hell, I'm backpedaling, like looking at the ball. And I put my hands up to go get it. I miss it. It bounces off my face mask and falls to the ground. And rest of that game, I don't really remember the rest of that game because all I remember is that. But after that, I didn't really go back to offense ever. I played tackle a little bit here and there because it didn't involve the ball. But that pretty much sums up offense for me <laughs> as a player. Yeah, the coordination was just not there. No no disrespect to DNs, but <laughs> tight ends a freaking hard position. Anyways, moving on. So you moved from Green Bay to Wisconsin, come to Park City, Utah, where the football program at our high school was really, right when you got here, when we started high school, was really coming into its own. Yeah, it was starting to take Monsingo off. had come into the program and started to turn it around. So when you came in as a freshman, you weren't really as involved with the seniors. And they made, what, they made it to the quarterfinals that year. No, they upset Skyview with a one oh, seed, yeah. and they made it to the, the semis, semis when they right. lost to Dixie. Right. Made it to the semis. Next year, best record in school history. Went 13-0, and then got, unfortunately, skunked and blown out in the state championship. But being a sophomore on that team with an absolutely stacked senior class with guys like Mark McCurdy, uh, who else was in that Chase class? Johansson. Chase Johansson. Just like a really tight-knit group of guys that right. they kind of grew up together and they are always super successful. Mm. So just describe what the leadership was like from that group of seniors. Um, yeah, I mean, the leadership, especially on a group like that, was special. I mean, the season before, they made it state semis, so they had been successful as a younger team because that senior class before, there really wasn't a lot of guys in that senior class that were playing. It was a lot of sophomores and juniors playing varsity and starting. And, I mean... 
the leadership there was just remarkable. It was just, they, it was kind of, you're going to work, you're going to take it seriously because we want to win it all. We don't want to settle for second, third place again. We won it all. And I mean, that's how we played all year. We had our ups and downs. We won, won out obviously until state. And I wasn't a major part on that team. I was a scout team player. I wasn't really getting PT because physically I just wasn't there. And it was just really kind of instilled in that group in 21, 22. And even it like dripped down into 23 where you're going to get in, you're going to work and we're going to go win. And that was the expectation. It wasn't the goal. And that was the expectation is we're going to win football games. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you like, like you said, that group just instilled like hard work and like definitely taking it seriously. What have you taken from that group past high school now as a man playing college football or even further in the life after football? Really the work ethic part of it. and Really love what you're doing and love who you're around. Like, even, like, the rest of high school, it was just kind of went like a blur. Like, junior, senior year of football were just kind of blurs. I don't right. remember them all that much, I mean, the junior year. But really it was just work hard and love what you do. Like, if you don't love it and you're not going to put in 100% effort, don't do it. Like, I mean, I went back and forth for a couple of years. I'm playing basketball, and it was like I sat there. I was like, do I really love it? Would I love to go to practice every day and go play I basketball? Would, I wish you would have played senior. That would have been fun. That I wish you would have played senior. I was like, I don't know if I could do it and love it every single day. And, I mean, even on those days of football where I didn't necessarily love it, I still have those days where it's like, geez, that sucked. Like, I'm not sure. Is this for me? Like, I turn around the next morning. I'm like, let's go. I get to go back to practice. I get to go right. work in. So did that did that sophomore year give you a greater appreciation for football? I think it did. It for most sure. definitely did. And I know freshman year, it was a hard adjustment coming from Green Bay to here. Because they all the schemes were completely different. Right. Everything was completely different. Because you're transitioning from that middle school. Everything's pretty, like, bread and butter. Pretty basic to more advanced concepts as well as they taught tackling different here. They taught technique different. Everything was completely different because of the varying play styles between the West Coast and Midwest. Right. And I know me and you have talked about it, and you've kind of given me opinion, but just bring it up. Like, I think we can both agree Utah is a really underrated state when it comes to football. You get a lot of the polys. Because BYU is a campus on Hawaii, and you get all out of the polys here, and even like the other people are just like stupidly talented. There's just if lots you want, of you want to just elaborate on that a little bit. I mean, I noticed it a lot, especially senior year when I was like looking through matchups, and it was like over 10 D1 guys that I had like active one to one reps against. And I mean, I look back at Wisconsin, I'll check the recruiting rankings and stuff like that, and. It's just there's a difference. I don't know what it is. And even here in Utah, it still feels under-recruited because in my personal opinion, there's more guys in Wisconsin that end up playing college ball at the next level than here simply because of the fact that they have Division three schools and lower levels, but you don't see as many of them go D1. Right. <coughs> I just think it hurts them. But you go to here and there's D1s everywhere, so you end up with more guys at the higher level because smaller D1s recruit regionally. It's not like, for example, Utah, like, they don't recruit. Like, they recruit nationally, but it's not like they do it widespread, like in Alabama or in Ohio yeah. State or in Georgia. It's a, it's a West Coast. They stick to a lot of it's mostly West Coast. Like, they'll dabble East, 
but a lot Not of it's West too much. Coast. Yeah. And actually, if you go to a little bit smaller than that, you go like Utah State. It's a little bit more like that. Yeah, Northwest, go West like, Coast. Go to Weber State and the FCS schools, and it gets more and more like that. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin doesn't have that because all they have is the University of Wisconsin, which is Power 5, FBS, Big Ten, obviously. And then you have smaller schools. Like the next biggest school for football in that state is Whitewater. Uh-huh. That's D3. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that D3 conference is really damn good. What conference? Is that the one? That's the no, WIAC. The WIAC, the Wisconsin. WIAC. The WIAC's really Intercollegiate good. Athletic Conference. Yeah. How many? Yeah, you got it. So that's kind of crazy, too, because Utah is a state that it's like four or five big D1 schools Utah, BYU, Weber State, Utah State, Utah Tech, Southern and Utah. SUU. And then you got Snow College, which is one of the best JUCOs in the country for football. Slick, which is one of the best JUCOs for basketball. Mm-hmm. Utah State Eastern, which isn't talked about that much. And Westminster. And Westminster, which is a pretty good D2 school for basketball. But I don't think they have a football team. They don't. They no. don't, yeah. So you kind of look at that. Obviously, the pool that which they're pulling from on a local level, a state level, is going to be a lot higher talent than a Wisconsin. Purely one, there's less places to go. Yeah. Utah's less popular state. And two... There's no Division three schools for football or Division two schools for football. It's either high-level JUCO at a, at a Snow College or it's Division one at what are mostly Power 5 schools. Yeah, a lot of FCS because we have two Power 5s. Yeah, fives. and strong FCS schools like yeah. Utah State and Weber State. Yeah. And, I mean, really I think both are really strong states. I think if Wisconsin in general – had bigger like another big school like if Marquette had football I don't right. know how different it would make it but in general Wisconsin does have a lot of talent for football yeah, it's just a lot no, of them no don't doubt. end up ranked and that happens here too because there's guys that I know that I went to high school with and it's like how are you not playing in college it's like oh for sure like this guy could play with anybody it's like and you see it even teams you play against it's really it's just kind of interesting yeah in general exposure connections all that so it's kind of Let's move on. Junior year, I mean, we've talked about this, just knowing each other for as long as we have. You didn't play as much as you wanted to junior year, as much as you thought you were. How did that kind of affect you going in, as far as a mindset standpoint, into that off season going into your senior year? Um, I know that junior year was a little bit rough for me. I was kind of in a weird transition period. Right. And I think COVID messed with my off season a little bit, but that's really not an excuse that I can take. Because you still got to figure it out. Because guys still found ways yeah, to get better. Yeah, right. But at the end of the day, I wasn't ready to go. I should have been better where I was at. And going into senior year, I was looking at myself in the mirror. And I'm like, you're not ready. And it was kind of that edge. It's like I only have one season to get good enough film to possibly go play anywhere. Right. And when I said anywhere, I meant like a Division three school was probably what was going to happen. Division three, maybe NAIA, D2 if I'm lucky, D1 if I had a very good season. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went in, and I was like, all right, let's get it. And I just kind of got to work. It was kind of nonstop, and I really got after it. And panned out, worked out. Yeah. I don't know how. I was, I was kind of like the one guy, like you have the group project, and you have the four people, and there's the one guy that doesn't do anything. Or, like, I'm the procrastinator who waits till, like... Like, the last the, minute. Like wait till the, the deadline. The night in. before. And just... that, was, that was kind of me in high school. It's just kind of right. how I was. And 
honestly, if I look back on it, I wish I wasn't that way, but I can't change that. Right. For sure. I mean, yeah, I think any high school athlete can kind of relate to that, especially guys who are, I think, playing at the D3 level, knowing they probably could have played higher. And that's not a diss to Division three sports. Division three sports are incredible. I mean, me and you can both agree on that. The talent pool is extremely high for that level and for any level of football. You're still one of, you know, 7% of high school athletes play football play any sport in college you know to be a part of that seven percent is extraordinary in itself so you know moving on from that what were you really doing in that off season to set yourself up for senior year and start you know getting some at least you know recruitment camps or you know whatever you were doing at that time to really get your name out there yeah I know personally because of where I was at I didn't do a lot of camps like right I went to I went to one local camp was that the one you did with uh, Anthony? It may have been, yeah. It was. Oh, yeah, okay. It was. It was I got Protect you. Protect Trenches camp. Yeah. It was that one. I went to that. And it wasn't as big as it is now because it's a pretty big camp now. Really? Like, I know this year, like, 24-7 was there. Rivals was there. Like, it's a pretty big camp now. I got you. But that was the first year they did it. It was relatively small. Uh-huh. Not, I don't think there was really any coaches there. It was just kind of a local, like, learn a thing or two type of camp. Yeah, I get some guys together and get after it. Yeah, and then I did a lineman tournament, like a pass rush tournament. Oh, I remember that one. With a, uh, with the trainer I was seeing. I was seeing a guy from, he's a BYU alum, Travis Toiloma. Shout out Travis, awesome coach. Appreciate him so much for everything I learned working with him. And I did that. That was fun. I didn't perform that great. And the really, again, it was kind of a smaller event. There mm-hmm. wasn't, I don't think there was any coaches there that I could right. notice. right. But really, it was a lot of lifting because my body was behind where it needed to be. So it was uh-huh. a lot of lifting, trying to catch myself up mm-hmm. and just trying to become more athletic so I could move and I could take on those bigger offensive tackles. Right. And not get washed out. For sure. And then kind of just improving on your craft, like figuring out different stuff that might work for you. Mm-hmm. Instead of being a one-trick pony and pass rush, have like four. Right. And learning different stuff to defend the run and all that type of different stuff. Because DN is a very react it's very reaction oriented, uh-huh. and you're making reads exactly. based on what your defenders or what the O tackles doing. Exactly, and it's very reaction based. So you like if they bring their hand out, you just got to react to it. You can't sit there and think like, "Oh, I'm gonna go inside and I'm gonna put a spin move on." It's got to be like, "Okay, if he does this, I'm putting a spin move on." Right. Or you got to just train your body to do it. Uh huh. Or it's like if he's gonna fire at me, I'm gonna throw a move. Like I'm gonna throw uh-huh. a swipe. I'm going to throw a swipe and I'm going to go an arm over club. Right. And you really, you just got to learn how to react to it. You got to rep it a lot in order to get your body to just muscle memory react. So are you repping that outside of your work with uh, your trainer? A little bit. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. Just on air. Like I just right. be in my room, I just be repping moves, repping steps. And really that off season was fun. It was a fun off season. I got the summer, tweaked my back, slowed down a bit, but I just did enough to the point where I could be successful. Yeah. For my senior season. Right. So then, I mean, moving into your senior year, for I mean, from the outside looking in, and we've talked a ton about this, it was definitely an up and down year. For a stacked senior class and even a stacked class of 2023, injuries were just a big part of it. You know, guys got hurt, didn't end up with the best record, first year playing. No, first year 
in 5A in a new conference. Yeah. And definitely what seemed like a more competitive conference for football with schools like you got Olympus and you got schools like Brighton and East who are just, you know, pushing out guys. Yeah, there is. Especially in, Brighton and East. Like, there really wasn't genuinely any bad teams. Like, the only team that I could legitimately say, there's like maybe one or two teams that you could argue that were like bad. Mm-hmm. And really, one of them wasn't even bad the year after right. when we were freshmen in college. But, like, all those teams are good. Like, mm-hmm. You'd go in, like, you'd have a three-week stretch. It's like, we're going to get a game every week. Uh-huh. We're going to have to prepare. It wasn't like the year before where we played a conference where we could go in, we could screw around and practice all week and go and in go and, and like, just we're going to win by 50. Yeah, and go like, in and blow them out. Where you can sit there and watch the film and be like, we're playing these guys? Really? Yeah. So, I don't know. I felt like the tough schedule also benefited a lot. Playing competition and being able to perform against competition helps a lot. How did that benefit you personally? Um, it made the transition to college a lot easier really, than if we had stayed in 4A another year, in my opinion, uh-huh. because I'd already adapted and adjusted to playing against guys that are going to end up being close to a hundred pounds larger than me. So I get to college and guys are about like that size, maybe even a little bit bigger. And it was like, uh-huh. okay, this is normal. Right. And I mean, I even got that in practice cause we had two guys go to play college ball from my class that are O-line. They got a 2024 who's looking at schools right now and his recruiting process is getting going oh yeah two guys are all region members right so it's really like i get that practice and like in practice itself but the size like they weight wise it wasn't there mm-hmm. but then we'd go into games and we i'd be playing against like a 300 pound polynesian dude and it's like i go to the midwest i go back to concordia and we're saying let's let's just say we're playing like hamlin and they have a 290 pound six foot six tackle right it's like Okay, I've seen this three, four times before. Yeah. Okay, you just got to move. Just got to play your game. Definitely just mentally prepares you better for it. So, you know, moving on from that, let's go past your senior year. That was when you really started reaching out to coaches. I know we've talked about this and, you know, living somewhat, to put it vicariously through you as far as your recruiting goes. You definitely started late, and, you know, you reached out to schools. I know you took a visit to a school, which we're not going to say what school it was, but you didn't enjoy it. You, do you want to elaborate on the importance of taking visits? Um, visits are really – it's like your film that you send a coach before they offer you or invite you on a visit is like giving them – like an employer your job resume right. really is what it is. And then going on a visit is them showing you what they can offer. It's like them offering you a contract, like, yeah, we can pay you $100,000 a year over this, for example. Uh But going to school and seeing what they're about and what they're going to be able to provide for you is really important. When I went on my first visit to the school, it was just like, I don't think this is going to work. The fit wasn't there. The interest didn't seem as mutual as they made it sound over the phone. Right. So I walked away from that visit, and I was like okay, it's probably not the place. If that's my only option, I will go there because I want to play ball. But really, that's the only reason I went there was to go play ball. It wasn't like I loved the school. So so then describe what it was like taking your second visit after you got your offer from Concordia. Yeah, and then that visit, the visit to Concordia was just a polar opposite. And 
they do recruiting well. Very stable program. They've had three head coaches and since like 1940. Three? Something like, yeah, they've had no, like three. That's 80 years. They've since had like three. World War II, they've had like that's three. That's ridiculous. I know our current head coach, Terry Haran, he's going on like 20 seasons as the head coach. Wow. And just a rich history. Won a couple national championships. Been very far in the D3 playoffs multiple times. And they kind of know what they're doing. And I know the first program I went and visited, they're kind of in a weird stage. New staff, trying to adjust, trying to get back to where they were. Right. And they're just trying to figure stuff out still. Um, and I felt Concordia, because I wanted to go to a winning program, obviously. Because that, that's what like, you do. Like anyone does. Yeah, like, you're a competitor. You want to go win. It's not like uh-huh. you want to turn around, go out of your way, and go to a losing program. Yeah. Like, winning's a big deal. For sure. I mean, I went to the school. I enjoyed the visit. I thought the facilities were great. Great food. Um, Concordia has very good campus food, by the way. Just shout out, shout out Concordia campus food. Shout out dining services. Awesome. They're great. <laughs> Appreciate them every day I'm there. But Big boys got to eat. Yeah, I do got to eat. But I appreciate, like, the value I was given on my visit. And, I mean, that probably helps with the fact that a lot of their coaches are very experienced. Because their DC's been there over 15 years. Right. Head coach has been there, over, like, around 20. And the guy that recruited me out there, Coach Pollock, shout out Coach Pollock. Shout out Coach Pollock. The GOAT, the GOAT himself, love that guy. He spent time coaching in D1. He worked at Army. He worked at Utah State. So he had experience working in the D1 pool, and he really understood it. And I felt their ability to recruit was very, very good compared to where I had been and visited just because of the fact that there was more experience in the building and they knew where they were and where they want to be. The vision was clear. And the school itself had more majors and their education in itself, which is a big deal in Division Three. obviously. Can't get athletic money. Was more in line with what I would be thinking for a possible career. Right. So, and then, I mean, we can kind of elaborate on this more. So, from what you're saying, it almost seems like you know, talking to coaches, getting offered and taking your visits, it's like doing a job search. Mm-hmm. You know, how much does a football program value like a company would? So what do you what from your experience of, you know, talking to coaches and getting recruited, what are you taking from that experience to take further on into your career after football? Um, just kinda how the real world real world works, really, is what it is. Like you need to wherever you end up going with life it isn't going to be successful unless you feel valued. You need to feel like you are being valued in whatever position you are in, whether it's work, it's life, it's family, whatever it is, you need to feel valued. And really, I can't put it much more simple than that. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. So really quick, before we get on to the back half of the episode, we're going to do a little, little quick combo. Something we've added within the last couple episodes. Five questions, short answers, get the combination. Let's just get right into it. What's your favorite football team? Green Bay Packers. What's the go-to pregame meal? Um, Preferably Buffalo Wild Wings, but that's not always the case. Go-to pregame song? Man, you're making me think. Um, Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. All right. If you can travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? 
don't know. Athens, Greece seems kind of cool. I, I like that. If, if you could be one animal for a day, what would you be? I gotta be a dog, dude. Dogs are just sick. Like, all you do is you eat, you go to the bathroom, and you sleep. Like, real. Can't be much better real. than that. And you go beg for attention. Real. What's the most useless talent you possess? Most useless one? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. Um, there's a lot of, like, really random football facts I just have. Like, football, uh, football knowledge is key. Fo- football knowledge. Like, there's, like, I remember there was this one. I think I saw it in, like, second grade. And it was, like, Joe Namath. Like, Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Namath played for the Jets. He signed his, like, first NFL contract at, like, a hotel bathroom or something like that. Like, I don't know how I know that or how I remember it, but I just do. Bro's an encyclopedia of random football facts. Pretty much. Joe, thank you for playing quick combo. Got the combination. Good job. Some great answers. Let the audience uh, get to know you a little better. Just moving on from that, describe what it was like when you got to Concordia for team camp last August. Um, When I got there... I felt like I was kind of ready. Like the first two months, like as soon as school let out, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go. Yeah. I want to go as hit. We, as we all were, even as the guys who weren't even playing college. Yeah. Just, like I just wanted to go. I wanted to go get after it. Felt like I had a little chip on my shoulder. You're the freshman. You're not expected to contribute. The expectation is you're going to be there. You're probably going to play scout. Right. You're just going to learn, and they're going to take a full season to try and get you to bulk up, put muscle on, get faster, whatever it may be get there and I'm just like ready and real I just kind of brought that same mentality I'd had towards the end of my la- end of my senior year where I was like you just gotta hit like no fear just gotta go and it kind of paid off I traveled pretty much all of our games right. first two games I didn't travel one was due to injury and the other one was I just didn't end up traveling because we were only allowed to bring a set amount of guys and our D-line room was healthy to the point where it was like we don't really need you at this point for this game. So, so yeah. And really getting there for fall camp, it was just kind of surreal because it's a 16-hour drive to there from here, from Park City. And it is far, and it's a pretty boring drive going through, like, rural Wyoming and South Dakota, <laughs> just kind of in the middle of the boonies. The, kinda fly, the flyover states. Yeah, the flyover states, yeah. They're just kind of going through the middle of nowhere. And you're just kind of getting there, like, I was just kind of sitting there thinking, just kind of getting mentally ready. Get there, starts to all hit you, and you're kind of like, you're kind of like a scared puppy. You kind of have no idea where anything is. Like, they'd be like, oh yeah, we have D meetings in like, Oland 124 tomorrow morning at 6am. And it's like, where is that? Like, where is that building? And then you'd have to go walk around campus the night before, figure out which building is which, all that type of stuff. Because obviously they told you on the visit. But we play football. We're not gonna remember that. Like that's a six, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a six yeah. month time gap. I'm yeah, not gonna remember yeah, that. Yeah. So but you can remember football facts from second grade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Buddy. Okay. It's buddy. the important stuff. Right. 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 But really, it's just like it was surreal and it was really fun and it's kind of like you're watching your childhood dream just kind of unfold. You're not really not like the childhood dream of like playing in the league. But, like, the step down before that, it was like, you got to go play in college first. Yeah, for sure. So, going on from that, I mean, being a guy who, you know, wasn't playing the most as a freshman, which, as most freshmen, at least in a football program, don't play a ton. How much do you value controlling what you can control and not letting things that are outside of your control bother you too much? You just have to. I mean... 
Like, for example, my freshman year, we had a guy transfer in pretty much in the middle of fall camp from UND, DN, freshman, redshirt freshman, and he started right away and went all-conference. And that kind of messed with me because I figured, looking at the depth chart, I'm like, I could be a third strainer and maybe a second strainer if someone gets hurt, I could play. And he shows up and it messes with everything. It messes with the whole vision. But I can't control that. I can't control the fact that he decided he was going to leave UND and come to Concordia to come play the end. I can't control that. Like, it was just put your head down, keep working. It'll work itself out. It might not be the way you want it, your ideal picture, but God has a plan for you and it's going to work out either way. For sure, no doubt. So now we're in the summer right now. You're getting ready to go into your sophomore year. I know you've been kind of dealing with a shoulder injury after dislocating your shoulder in practice a couple months ago. With I mean, with that being said, what are you looking forward to this next season at Concordia? Um, I'm just looking forward to putting all the pieces together, really, and building on what I've been building since really the end of my senior year. Because the little bit I did get to showcase last year felt promising, and I know everyone else sees it. And really, I just got to build on it. And it's just step by step, brick by brick is all it really is. And I'm just excited to get back out there and hit again, play ball. Just be back out there. Because it's just an experience. You don't get the experience ever again. Like, I'll be 50. I can't go back out there and experience it again. I'm not going to go strap it up and go out there and go hit somebody. As much as I'd love to. I mean, as anyone would. But it's just not, not the real thing. For sure. So kind of, you know, building off of that long-term, what's next for you when you're done playing football? Um, I don't really know. I'm an undeclared major, um, leaning business, but really, I just want to coach. Like, really the way I look at it, I fell in love with ball. It's just, it's all I want to do. It's just ball. That's all I care about. I'm a football guy, big football guy, really, at the end of the day. And if I could do anything for the rest of my life, it'd be sit there, coach ball, scout, do something involving football. It's mm. all I all I really want. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. Anyways, with that being said, this concludes our episode. Joe, my brother, my boy, thank you for you know taking the time out of your day to do this. This episode has been a long time coming. Yeah, I know you've been waiting to come on. I've been waiting to have you since we started. Yeah. Anyways. You know, go give Joe a follow on Instagram. Make sure to like and rate our podcast. Tune in to what we're posting on Instagram with the Powder League. We have some very fun stuff coming up the next couple of weeks. But with that being said, Joe, sign us off. This is the locker room where sports unite us and stories inspire us. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out.